We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's week 16 in the NFL. The fantasy semifinals are here. Best ball millions are about to be won. Dave and I are going to cut up all of this week's best plays from the weekly GLSP app on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick, joined by Dave Cabin. Dave, we're almost there, man. Like we're 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 at the tail end of the home stretch, and you know it's almost trophy time. It's almost you know biggest fantasy purse in history about to be awarded time, and it. I mean, the drama just continues to unfold across the NFL. Uh, from the from the playoff picture uh, to to potential you know uh, referee scandals to <laughs> you know injuries uh, to very very key players uh, in the fantasy landscape it is I mean you know the NFL is never boring and 2022 has continued to uh, to prove that and even in its most latter stages Dave so um, hey real quick before we cut it up by positions let's just do a, a little heat check here yep um how, how are you looking man do you, do you have some teams in position you know whether it's redraft or dynasty and some semifinal matchups this weekend how's that best ball portfolio looking too so uh, you know not as awesome uh from the best ball perspective as i would have liked to have told you and that's just, I think, because of the mix of players that are on the teams that I still have live. As I was saying to you before we came on, you know, I'm going to need KJ Osborne and Kirk Cousins <laughs> stacks. They got to stay hot, baby. They got to stay hot, right? So there's some guys yeah. like that. Like you mentioned Zay Jones. There's just players yeah. like that on a lot of these teams, and you're not sure that it's going to be able to repeat. Um, so in the best ball side of the equation, not feeling too great. Um, you know, the dynasty team that was really crushing it, we're going to have to talk a little bit about that team later on because their quarterback I had on that team was Jalen Hurts, and that's a lot of momentum to lose. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. But well, I think you got to give yourself a, a bit of an out because I think your your personal bar for your best ball portfolio is probably higher than most. 
Right. Um, it sounds like you still got some live squads. So, I mean, you, you still got a couple teams that made it through, like in, yep. in Best Ball, uh, Millionaire 3, or some puppy squads. I know you, like, really hammered the puppies. Yeah, I, I have teams on a couple of the different puppies. So, okay. we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, other than that, I'm happy to be... Um, I mentioned it one time before on the pod this year, uh, the USA Today Expert Auction League, uh, where oh, yeah. some of my teams have always come close and we haven't been able to quite pull it off. Feeling pretty confident about the team that I have this year. We've yes. weathered the attrition so far, so it's going to be a fun uh, you know, couple of weeks here to close that thing out. And that's a league that's just for pride. Um, but you know oh, what? Man. Sometimes yeah. that pride is is worth more than you know some sums of money. Had I won the you know, BBM <laughs> yeah, three. Sure. I don't think I'd be saying yeah. that. I mean, yeah, you win that thing. You know, that's I'd probably take that over like the Pomeranian or something, yes. right? Yes. But yeah, you're not taking it over 100k, right? Um. So, well, okay. So, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like you've got uh, some teams live for some pretty big, you know, purpose uh, purses in the various puppies. So that's good. Um, maybe we can talk through that replacing Jalen Hurts situation in your dynasty uh, yep. portfolio tonight. Uh, and a little bit more on Thursday. I'm definitely in the same spot. So I, I think I've got, uh, in, in terms of managed dynasty leagues, uh, I've made it through to three semifinals. Uh, I, I'm in the top three of three other dynasty best ball uh, leagues going into the final weeks, and, including first place in two of those three. Um, and then there's a fourth where you and I actually co-manage and yes. we're in first yep. place, Dave. Yeah. Um, so, so definitely lots of dynasty glory uh, on the horizon. Um, in terms of uh, best ball, so I did get a team through to the semifinal uh, round in the FFPC best ball tournament. And so I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, I made it through by 0.5 points over the third place. I know. that I saw that. That's crazy. The top three in my division uh, this past week. So, of course, you know, each week it's kind of a little bit different. Um, you know, in the first two rounds, it was the top two teams advancing. And then, then after this week, you know, you got to be in the top three to advance to the final um, round. And so, you know, I, I felt bad for this guy. Um, me, him, and then the guy who took first in our, our division this week, we were all separated by 0.6 points. I mean, what a tough way to go out. Uh, we all three were in the 180s. Um, so, you know, but Hey, I mean, I have happy for my squad. Um, and then I had my never too early best ball team that was still alive, uh, to this point, uh, did make an exit, uh, this past week. I've got four best ball mania, three teams live, Dave. Um, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling, man. It's a great feeling. So, uh, and they're all different constructs. You know, some themes are, uh, Jaguar stacks, yep. um, two, uh, two of the four teams have Trevor Lawrence plus at least uh, one Jaguars pass catcher. Uh, also, two of the four teams, including one of them stacked with uh, uh, the Jaguar stack, is a Dolphins stack. Uh, and there's, well, there's a, there's a Brady Godwin situation in there. There's one actually, it looks, when you look at it now, it looks like a robust RB team, but it was actually a hero RB team that, mm -hmm. also, that just ended up hitting on Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, and Kenny Walker as the later guys. Um, it looks heavy at running back now, but it actually wasn't a heavy running back team. So I'm excited about those. And then I think I've got about 12 different teams from the various puppies and a couple Pomeranians. And then and even one of those big board teams that was pre-NFL draft. Oh, right. Uh, still alive. So plenty to root for, for sure. And then, Dave, I know 
you know, just kind of, uh, you know, teasing, you know, other contests. So if you're listening, you're like, you know, guys, I'm happy to hear how you guys are playing. Uh, I, I've been eliminated from a, a lot of uh, the contention in the leagues or contests that I've been in. I don't care about week 16. I am bitter and my heart is black to mm-hmm. all things football. Well, there's other contests coming up um, that will get your, you know, your spark reignited. So, you know, underdog has uh, several different playoff uh, best ball, you know, really big tournaments, you know, huge prize purses, a seven figure purse out there, even uh, to, uh, uh, and in one of their contests, FFPC is going to be back with their playoff challenge. You know, Dave and I will definitely be putting some squads in those uh, various contests and, and kind of talking you through some of the game theory on that after this week and our focus can change. So stay tuned for more on those contests. There's actually already an article out on the site today about the underdog uh, playoff, one of the underdog playoff contests. So if you're already, you know, kind of champing at the bit after hearing that, uh, make sure you go to rotoviz.com and check out the content. But Dave, let's get a drop. Let's talk about week, week 16 projections. So Dave, as you mentioned, you know, just the latest big time quarterback to go down. It's like, I mean, now we're okay. So, so we lost Kyler Murray, you know, we had lost uh, Matthew Stafford, not that he was like playing well this year, but it kind of was like the nail in the Rams offense coffin uh, after, you know, Cooper cup had, had uh, left the building. Lamar Jackson's been out of the picture for a while. And now Jalen hurts, man, you know, Jalen hurts is like, single-handedly responsible for, you know, carrying many fantasy teams to the playoffs. And, you know, now you know, just one of the stars uh, to go down uh, for week 16 across the league, we're going to have to find some replacement production for these Jalen Hurts managers, Dave, whether it's Dynasty or Redraft. Uh, and, you know, the natural name that would come up would be Gardner Menchu. He's shown the ability uh, to produce in several different spots in his in his short career, and the Eagles surrounding cast is obviously you know pretty impressive. But you know the, the GLSP app should help us also identify some other players that you know maybe stashed on the bench as a QB two, and you could you know avoid chasing Minshew, or you know maybe there are other players in the wire that actually would you know figure into the the picture a little bit more strongly. So what are you seeing uh, among themes for the quarterbacks this week? Yeah, definitely, and this brings us to our win bet quarterback streamers of the week. And I want to remind everybody before I run us through them, that if you sign up today at win bet, you can receive a special sports offer. You bet 100 win 100 download the win bet app now, or visit W Y N N bet.com to start winning. Again, you want to sign up at win bet our win bet quarterback streamers this week, Curtis. There are a couple of interesting options. Now, Gardner Minshew, I actually am not in any way opposed to, and I find him one of the interesting plays this week against Dallas. However, I don't have enough recent data on Minshew to spit anything out of the GLSP reliably. So if somebody is interested in Minshew, you're not going to be able to source that information out of the GLSP. You get a very impressive GLSP for Hertz, but trying to use his GLSP for another player uh, is not going to work given the really, really unique profile that he has 
this year. But we do get a couple of names scoring pretty high this week in comparison to where they would normally be. Ryan Tannehill, I would imagine, is going to be largely available. He's facing off against Houston, and he actually has the eighth highest average GLSP of the week among quarterbacks at 18.5. And I can understand having reservations about playing Tannehill. I know this looks like a good Derrick Henry week. <laughs> yeah, it does. I have lots of hidden. Uh, I'm curious, man. Uh, state, state the case uh, from the app's point of view, because I, I, Tannehill is one of my candidates yep. on one of my Hurts teams. And so I, I am interested in this case, but I would say my na- like my natural reaction to this is his ankle's been gross, and it just it this feels like a, a a game where the Titans will just give the ball to Henry thirty five times. Certainly, I, I get that. Um, there's really a couple things driving this uh, strong completion percentage, which allows him to put up decent yardage, but really. Uh, likes his chances of passing for touchdowns, has him at 1.9 passing touchdowns, which is better than what you normally see. You know, normally among starters, it's down closer to like one and a half, maybe 1.6. But that's encouraging. As a result of that, Curtis, we see 22% of his matches going over 25 points and actually 18 between 20 to 25. So you have... 40% of his matches going for 20 or more points. That's a pretty good rate for streaming options. I'm not sure. And I haven't, I haven't gone through writing my article yet this week, so I'm not going to go out yet and say that he's my favorite streaming option, but I'm going to assume that at this point in the year, Hertz goes down for you and you need to turn somewhere, somewhere, you know, there's only so many options that are going to be available Right. to you that you might have to look to somebody like Tannehill. So he's the first name that pops out for me. Okay. Yeah. I, I see that. Um, I think there's some other players that would be interesting too, but it's, it's very possible that, you know, Tannehill uh, was let, you know, was let go uh, does exist on the wire in, in your league. And um, okay. I guess I don't have a problem with it. If you want to tell yourself like, Hey, you know, mention we haven't seen him in a while, you know, maybe the Eagles will just, you know, feature, Miles Sanders or something like that, uh, and, and keep it simple and and not really risk uh, anything with with timing or miscommunication. Uh, receiver getting lit, you know laid out, uh, something like that at this critical uh, part of the season for them. So um, okay, I think I can get behind it on the basis that maybe the Titans will just thump Houston. And I mean, Tano could always pass for a couple of those short touchdowns without putting up you know, huge numbers. And if he's healthy enough, you could, you know, he's even run him in on occasion throughout his career. So what about guys like, you know, Daniel Jones, we've, we've featured opposing quarterbacks against the the Vikings for uh, many weeks now, you know, Zach Wilson in a game against the the Jaguars, it looks like it could be pretty interesting. Um, And then maybe, you know, for those who have stashed Deshaun Watson, is, is there enough cause to, to want to try to start him at this point in what will be his, his fourth game back. Okay. Yeah. So Daniel Jones would be one of the better options here for you. Were he available? Now, the interesting thing about Jones this week against the Vikings is he is a fringe QB one, but it's actually not via the passing. In fact, his comps, produce an average of 232 passing yards and just 1.3 passing touchdowns, 
but 30% of them found the end zone and you get an additional three points from 30 rushing yards. So it likes some potential there as a rusher Um, in comparison to Tannehill who gets up to a 23.8 in the 75th percentile Jones gets up to at 23, which is a little bit lower than another name that we're going to mention, but you still have, if you look at his distribution, a fairly positive distribution for a streaming option. And we do see 36% of his matches going for more than 20 points. Oop. Uh, sorry. It's still 36. Still 36. Yeah, 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 yeah I was yeah. on the wrong line. Right. Yep. 36. So I think that that's encouraging to given what we have seen specifically against Minnesota. Cause remember in the search, you know, you're going to have teams that are like yeah. Minnesota, but we know that this year you can pinpoint them as one of those teams you want to go against. So personally, I actually probably would feel better about Jones than I would about Tannehill. Yeah. I think that game obviously has a, a lot of different ways that it could turn into a track meet. And I, I mean, I'd be extremely surprised if the Tennessee Houston game, uh, turned out that way. So uh, between the two, I, I would totally agree. Uh, but, you know, Jones could be you know, rostered by somebody else and not available on the wire. I think Zach Wilson probably is available yes. on your wire and redraft after the way, you know, the back half of his season's unfolded. So uh, what does the, the app say about him this week? Yeah, so Wilson, it's not, it's really not that bad of an outlook. 251 passing yards, 1.7 passing touchdowns, 20% of his matches actually scored rushing touchdowns. We see him with a 75th percentile projection of 23.9. One of the lower floors among the guys that you might be considering with a 25th percentile projection of 12, but he also gets 36% of his matches over 20. And then between five to 10, there's 16%, um, zero below five. So all in all, this is actually the makings of a decent streaming option this week. And like you said, he should be largely available. Do I really want to play Zach Wilson? Probably not. But if you look at the NFL Stat Explorer, I think what you're going to take away from a quick perusal of it is that you still might be able to get a game from him that's usable. This season, he's been a QB1 in 25% of games, a QB2 in 38%. Uh, again, not the greatest numbers, but it speaks to the fact that, you know, all hope might not be lost if you have to turn his way. Yeah, and um, even though this this is a weird Thursday night game with a total under 40 uh, going into it, I mean, the Jags have allowed 14 passing touchdowns over – uh, the past five games. Now, you know, they've played pretty decent group of quarterbacks, uh, either, you know, just actual elite quarterbacks or quarterbacks that have trended hot. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill, and then Dak Prescott. So that is a pretty ingre- uh, impressive group, but all five of them scored at least 22 PPR across the past five weeks. The Jags, you know, allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks over that span, fourth most expected points, and third most points over expectation, second most passing yards per attempt, fourth actual most passing yards, third best completion percentage. So, there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff there, you know, that, that kind of aligns for 
you know, Wilson, who is coming off of uh, 317 passing yards and two touchdowns, probably the, you know, the best or one of the best games of his young career. So good highlights there on Wilson, Dave. The last one I wanted to hear about real quick before we move on to the running back position is Deshaun Watson. You know, the Browns are going to be facing the Saints still just barely clinging on to a sliver of hope, uh, uh, NFL playoff hope, that is. Watson has looked just a little bit better uh, each week. So I haven't really seen a, a massive fantasy performance yet, but could that be coming in week 16? I think it could certainly be coming. If you are looking for it via the GLSP results, you're not going to find it. Only 6% of his matches went for more than 25 points. Does get 30% of his matches in the 20 to 25 bucket. Uh, But, you know, a fairly average type of stat line. And I think that you have to remember that now we have a couple of the most recent games that one might argue are not very representative of what Deshaun Watson is or what he, you know, he normally is or could be that are informing the stat line that we're getting to match to those players. So it's, I wouldn't expect at this point, especially given, uh, you know, the fact that the Browns scored what three points over the weekend and, you know, you're not getting a lot of touchdowns in there. You're not seeing, um, I'm not saying that to pry on the Browns here, but I mean, no, I'm not taking it that way. I mean, in the context of the fact that this game has currently has a 31 and a half point total, I think it's a 32 point total. Um, I I was, I just couldn't help but laugh, you know, hearing you, uh, you know, uh, throw a big bag of flour so on, you know, the fire I was trying to set there. So, right. So just you know, to I, conclude yeah. there, I would probably, <laughs> I would probably rather trot out Jared Goff, um, who has a fairly, oh, for sure. who has for a fair, sure. yeah, his yeah. GLSP is fairly similar, but you know, given the connection that we've seen him already produce with some of these receivers, uh, the guys that they have in that offense, I would argue that there's a lot more upside, even if we don't see it get, truly reflected in the, in the numbers that one will see if they pop into the tool this week. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's totally fair. Um, I, I, I really only highlighted Watson because I know there are quite a few folks out there that it's like, man, yep. we stashed them all year, just waiting for our moment. Now Hertz goes down. Um, Watson is the type of player that I think, a you know, a Hertz manager would have drafted, you know, very late and, and would never really have needed to start. Uh, until now because of how great Jalen's been. So I, I thought it was topical. But, yeah, let's move on to the running back position. Uh, great job highlighting the quarterbacks there. Running back has not been insulated from injury either. You know, Jonathan Taylor, the latest back to now hit the IR. I mean, man, you know, not that he was having the world-beating season, but, uh, you know, you, you hate to see his his 2022 end this way. Uh, you were hoping to at least get, you know, some high-end RB2 production out of him or something. Kenneth Walker looks like he's going to be, you know, trending towards game time decision on a managed workload. If he does play, you know, Austin Eckler, they're talking about managed touches for him with the outdoor shoulder, you know, Zonovan Knight now, Bam Knight. Uh, we expected him to, to kind of disappoint against the Lions who have been an absolute, uh, you know, wall to opposing running backs. But, you know, the, the splits with Carter, Michael Carter looked a little bit, uh, worse than they had in recent weeks. So there's plenty going on at the running back position uh, that could cause people to be looking, you know, and squinting hard uh, for that player to sub in. So 
um, maybe just a quick rundown of anybody who's standing out uh, so people can look a little bit harder at those lineups. Yeah, yeah. The name that you're going to see if you pop into the tool that I want to call out here first, because I'm going to recommend that you fade what you're getting as a projection this week is uh, Donta Foreman against Detroit. Um, You know, as you mentioned, that is probably a much harder matchup. (laughs) Hard, hard fear the other direction. Yes. So it likes him a lot this week. I would not focus on him, but it really is telling us that it likes those Kansas City backs against Mm. Seattle because Jarek McKinnon comes in as the RB5. You have yes, uh, Isaiah Pacheco coming in at RB21, and then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who could return, um, I does get pulled into the tool this week, and he's at RB26. So the takeaway here is McKinnon. This looks like a great week for him. Um, a lot of his projection arises from the fact that he could see around five receptions, 46 receiving yards, 30% of his matches scored a receiving touchdown and another 30% of them also scored a rushing touchdown. So it really likes his potential to pop one in. I mean, what an awesome spot for him. Uh, and and I, I love seeing his name up, up here um, from a, from a selfish standpoint because he was my final running back pick in so many uh, best ball yep. rosters this this summer, and man, he's hitting at the right time. Davey's got 15 receptions for 182 yards uh, and three receiving touchdowns. That's just his receiving line. He's like a, a wide receiver one over the last two weeks. I know. Um, let alone the fact that he also has a rushing touchdown and 74 yards rushing over that span. But yeah, I mean, um, he's been featured more heavily of late, and in this matchup against the the Seahawks. I mean, they're, they've really been pretty kind uh, to opposing uh, running backs. And the two backs that really blew up on them in recent weeks have been Christian McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs, who each had six receptions in those games, uh, turning in 25.8 and 48.3 PPR, respectively. The Chiefs are uh, nine-and-a-half-point home favorites in this game. Man, it sets up nice for McKinnon. Uh, yeah, start with reckless abandon. Yep. Now, James Cook, another name I want to call out here. And I think that with the last couple of weeks that he's put together, uh, you know, his managers are going to be more inclined to feel good about playing him. But it does like his outlook against Tampa Bay 50 percent. Oh, sorry. What did I say? Yeah. Yeah. James Cook. Oh, sorry. Sorry. James Conner, key big difference in pounds and output. Yes, fifty percent of his matches um, found the end zone via rushing. Ten percent got there via the air. Uh, he looks like a pretty solid start this week. The first name that I'm looking at here, I think that I should mention that could be on the fence for people is Najee Harris. Now, we've seen some life out of Pittsburgh's running game um, as of late. Harris and Jalen Warren both found the end zone this weekend. The tool's looking at around 15 rushing attempts for Harris against the Raiders this weekend. 65 rushing yards. 70% of his matches scored a rushing touchdown, which contributes to him having um, a 75th percentile projection this week of 17.6 with an average of 12.9 so a pretty good outlook for him this week you have david montgomery in a similar range um 
Leonard Fournette, Curtis, I'm not even really sure if I'm a Leonard Fournette owner right now, uh, like where my mind is, but he comes in at RB 20 with an average of 12.1. And he is just to put um, a little more context on this. Let's take a quick look at uh, the rest of that Tampa Bay backfield where you have Rashad white about two points behind him with an average of 8.3. He's projected to get 4.2 targets. You have Fournette at 3.9. Uh, Fournette caps out with a 75th percentile projection this week at 15.9. You have Rashad White at 12.2. Yeah, I mean, I think Fournette's a low-end RB2 with some touchdown upside. Um, that's kind of where he settled in. I mean, he's been an RB2 in five out of the past uh, six games that he's played. And even in the sixth game um, where he missed that threshold, which was actually last week against the Bengals, he still gave us 11.4 PPR. Uh, he's he's catching a couple balls each week. You know, when you look at this week's matchup um, with uh, Arizona, you know, the Buccaneers are road favorites, you know, despite their their putrid record and in abysmal division, the Bucs are still, uh, they're still currently in the driver's seat of the NFC South. And you know, this is a, a road game where they're favored and the you know, opposing team is having challenges. The quarterback position uh, would make total sense that they would try uh, to protect, um, you know, Brady and, you know, kind of insulate him from having to to win that game. You know, the Cardinals have allowed four rushing touchdowns and a lot of uh, per-rush efficiency over the past couple of weeks. Not a lot of rushing yards surrendered necessarily if you look over the past five, but in the past two, they've been softer, man. Um, <clears throat> Latavius Murray put up like 130 yards plus against them last week, and they surrendered 169 in total to the Broncos. Over 100 uh, rushing yards to running backs also surrendered the previous week uh, to the Patriots. So, you know, I think probably White and Fournette are both startable. Um, they're capping each other's ceilings a little bit at this point now that they're, you know, they're both, um, you know, that Fournette's a, a healthy and seems to be trusted again. Um, but, you know, I, I think you're, you probably do not have the luxury of sitting either one of them at this juncture unless it's in a really shallow league. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yep. Continuing down the list, um, Raheem Mostert comes in at RB27, Jeff Wilson at RB30. You have both of them um, in that like 10 and a half point range. Uh, Miami is facing Green Bay. So what I'm, I'm taking from this is with neither of them getting very high. It does not like that matchup for them. J.K. Dobbins. I like that matchup. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I do, especially with uh, if Jeff Wilson doesn't get like full clearance. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Packers have been really kind, really kind to opposing running backs lately. I mean, opposing RB1s last four weeks, Tony Pollard, 21.8, Derrick Henry, 25.4, Miles Sanders, 31, David Montgomery, 16.7. Even if you want to look at that Monty line, uh, you know, maybe as a, a more realistic target for, for Moster, who's probably not going to get 20-plus carries like Pollard, Henry, and Sanders did. I mean, Monty had a line of 14.61 and a touchdown, as well as, you know, four short receptions for very few receiving yards. That's a very uh, – how would you say this most Stardian line? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Packers defense is, it's not the, the Packers defense of yesteryear, man. You know, they're, yep. they're clinging on to their playoff hopes as well, but the defense isn't doing them any favors. Uh, opposing squads really just, you know, it, it, they basically become a run funnel, man. I mean, you know, third and rushing yards allowed over the past five weeks, fourth and rushing attempts, sixth in yards per carry, um, they're allowing 1.2 rushing touchdowns to running backs uh, over that stretch as well per week um, and about 30 uh, receiving yards and three and a half receptions to opposing running backs per week. So um, unless we get some sort of weird indication that not only is Wilson back, but he's like going to be back in a clear one, a role, which I, I would highly doubt we would see. You know, I would expect most to be pretty heavily involved. And um, I, I think it looks like the GLSP does have that, you know, kind of similar David Montgomery line. You know, 13 yep. attempts for 61 yards and uh, about a, a coin flip chance at uh, a rushing touchdown. You know, I, I have, to have to say I, I agree with that uh, <laughs> line. And I, I feel pretty good about most in my flex spot uh, versus most other uh, options this week. Yeah. You know, not to bring in too much like uh, just watching the game analysis here but i mostert had a lot of really exciting fun runs to watch over the weekend yeah, um just always you know look is looking really good when he has the ball so and he's just always a shoelace away man he's like a shoelace away from the 65 yard or two so yeah um, so that's, that's the thing you get with him versus yep. you know looking at other guys in the range like if you play Kenyon Drake or something like that, you know, right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a totally different situation of what you're potentially going to get. Yep. Now you had mentioned Latavius Murray, who I've jokingly been talking about, but he actually has been one of those players 
that teams have been using in the flex and he's been playing off against the Rams this weekend. The tool does not love his outlook uh, as an average of nine points, but his ceiling is capped at 11.1 in the 75th percentile outcome. So I just wanted to call that out there beyond them. Curtis, I don't know if there's any backs that we need to talk about. No, I mean, with Murray, I think the Broncos are just trying to shorten the season the best that they can, <laughs> you know, I mean, let's just keep handing it to Murray until, until the clock runs out on the season. Um, so I, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how I would feel about, you know, starting a player like that. You know, I realized yeah. he had, you know, 20, he had 21 PPR last week, you know, the, the three previous weeks, you know, he had, uh, you know, pretty big workloads as, as well. Um, you know, eclipsing 13 carries in two out of those three weeks and, you know, getting some receiving work as well. You know, it was a pretty, um, you know, it's a pretty volume driven uh, situation. He only had one reception, you know, just a game that they were, they were able to have go their way. I don't, I don't know if they'll be able to do that against the Rams or not. I mean, I don't like if possible, I want to be, and, and I guess we're getting into a little bit of, of strategy that's not, player specific for, you know, championship weeks and stuff like that. But when possible, man, I would like to be starting players from good teams um, this weekend. Um, You know, to me, that's almost kind of a tiebreaker. Like I would like to, I don't want to be playing somebody simply because of volume this late in the season, unless it's a volume based fill in. That's also on a good offense that I think it's going to score a lot of touchdowns. Like, I mean, I would, I would way rather start Raheem Mostert than Latavius Murray personally. I could see why other people might argue, you know, the other direction because Murray doesn't have a lot of competition for touches. I'm not going to fault you for that. It's just that's my personal lean. Well, hey, Marlon Mack got into the end zone this week. Uh, <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah. Good old Marlon. Let's right. go to the wide receivers, man. Yep, let's do it. Uh, at wide receiver, kind of a fun thing here. I think this might be the first time Amon Ross St. Brown has logged mm. the highest projection or average GLSP of the week in the tool uh, and comes in with the highest 75th percentile projection of the week at 28.8. Of course, Holy smokes. yeah, of course he's in your lineup at this point, but I do like to call out when we see players kind of achieve things like that is it's always fun to see some different names right at the top of the listing. Uh, yeah, Chris, man. I mean, he's in front of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I mean, you're not going to see like really anybody in front of those two players over the past couple of seasons, except for Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams on occasion. Yep. Uh, maybe Stephon Diggs once that I can remember. Yep. Uh, so that's pretty cool. You know, before you get down the rest of the way of the list, you know, just kind of uh, reminding of the situations that are kind of unfolding and why you might want to look at some of these other names that Dave is going to uh, mention here and not just lock people into your lineup. You know, the Cardinals wide receivers are an interesting situation because of the Cardinals QBs. Um, You know, Hopkins seems to be the only bankable, you know, uh, volume there from a PPR perspective. Um, Tyler Lockett's going to be out, so that changes the Seahawks situation. Might make DK a little bit more projectable uh, than he has been um, up until now. You know, and then the Giants, you know, have that uh, matchup with the Vikings, and we've seen both. Um, Richie James and Darius Slayton uh, have some value over the past couple of weeks, um, albeit not at a high level, both in the same game. So those are just a couple of situations that might impact why you, uh, 
your ears should be perking up as Dave runs down, in particular, some of these interesting wide receiver twos this week. Yeah. And, you know, at the top of the list this week, we are pretty chalky, but we do get a couple of fun players uh, in wide receiver two territory. Uh, the first name I think that would stand out here, Curtis, Zay Jones in the Jaguars matchup with the Jets expected to get 10 targets, 6.8 receptions, 73 yards, 40% of his matches found the end zone, giving him an average projection of 16 and a half points, 75th percentile of 21.9 and 28% of his matches went between 20 to 25 in total, 36% of Zay Jones matches went over 20 points when facing defenses like the Jets. Well, you know, I kind of like it. And I don't think that, you know, this this particular tool is even thinking about this, but I think Christian Kirk would be more likely to be sauced for, you know, a greater portion of the game, right? I mean, Sauce Gardner is not necessarily going to cover, you know, Kirk on 100% of his routes, but, you know, I I think he's probably going to be with Kirk more than he's going to be with Zay. I like the idea that Zay and or Evan Ingram uh, and or Travis Etienne might be the better plays than Christian Kirk, even though he's had a great season to date. But, you know, <clears throat> the, the Jets are a pretty difficult matchup for entire opposing wide receiver rooms, um, though, you know, we've seen one receiver uh, uh, break 15 PPR in two out of the past three weeks, um, one of them being Justin Jefferson, which is not difficult to project. Uh, the other being Khalif Raymond, uh, who is obviously a, uh, he was obviously not, you know, a primary dude uh, with the Lions, and he did not even do all of that uh, in the receiving game. Um, got some of his points in, in special fashion there. So I, I like it. I might be a little lower, like, contextually on the Jags wide receivers and a little higher on the tight ends and running backs. But, you know, I know a little bit different information uh, than the app does. The app's looking yep. at, you know, uh, a different data set. Uh, and, and over a longer period of time. So I, I like seeing that ceiling. And, hey, anytime you get two young quarterbacks like this going against each other late in the season, um, you know, crazy things could happen, you know, especially with with Wilson emerging last week. Maybe this game has sneaky shootout potential. So the other game here that is kind of interesting to me is you have the Commanders and the 49ers. And it's interesting because Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, did not get a very strong outlook in this game, but the GLSP does paint a nice picture for both Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. So you have McLaurin coming in with an average of 16.2. Dotson, who I think has just been so impressive, at 14.1, 75th percentile projection of 19. And we see that a total of 40% of his matches went over... 15 points against defenses like San Francisco. He's expected to see around four receptions, but 61 yards, 60% of his matches found the end zone. So this looks like it's going to be a good game for the receiving options. They're not so much for the running backs. Um, KJ Osborne on the heels of an absolute monster game for him. And had we been able to record an episode that would have come out on Tuesday, I think KJ Osborne might have been the player of the week. Miles Sanders would have been the snoozer. But um, 
KJ Osborne comes in at wide receiver 26. The Vikings are playing the Giants. He's expected to put up about 55 yards, four and a half receptions. 40% of his matches found the end zone. Does not have quite the ceiling of some of the other players that we mentioned. Uh, but you still see well, you 55% of his matches going over 10, which I think for Osborne, you know, in comparison to what his average game would be, this yeah. is a pretty exciting finish for him. Well, it's kind of cool. You know, the Vikings are uh, to a degree. I, I mean, maybe they're just adjusting to their personnel changes, you know, after they brought in TJ Hawkinson midway through the season. Um, but they're back to uh, they're back to using 11 personnel uh, more often. Um, they're, for a stretch, uh, Johnny Munt had been uh, getting increased uh, snap share, and it was at KJ Osborne's expense. You know, from week nine through twelve, Osborne uh, actually was seeing less snap share. Munt was receiving increased snap share, uh, but over the past four weeks, Osborne's taken all of it back. You know, he was down to a fifty percent snap share uh, season low in, in week twelve, and then now each of the last two weeks, he's been over seventy five percent snap share with Munt. Uh, only being on the field about 25% of the time. So Osborne is coming out situationally, but, you know, they're they're getting three wide receivers on the field more consistently, and that has led to some opportunities for uh, Osborne, you know, to to pop and, you know, get, get more opportunities. And, you know, last week, you know, he uh, definitely outpaced uh, Adam Thielen in terms of, a, yep. you know, market share. He actually shared uh, team high market share uh, with Justin Jefferson. Um, from an opportunity standpoint. So would love to see that continue. It would certainly make for a very interesting close to the season uh, if if Osborne kind of usurps Thielen uh, in that offense in the final two weeks. Yep. Um, Curtis, I'm going to have to ask you to filibuster here for a second while I try to figure out why my battery is not charging my laptop and I'm about to die. Oh, it's fine, man. There's a couple other guys that I see on here and I can even get into the tight ends a little bit. So... You know, I think at this point, you know, if you've got Christian Watson on your squad, you can't start him with confidence. You know, even though Green Bay is in, in a game with Miami that, you know, they're probably going to have to to score a lot um, to, to keep up. I mean, this doesn't really look like a game given Green Bay's defense, uh, probably not being able to stop uh, the Dolphins. So the confidence level might not be there. <clears throat> but if you're a squad that, you know, you lost Tyler Lockett, or you don't like what we're saying about this Jaguars, uh, you know, Jets matchup. Watson still has kind of that crazy ceiling week to week that I think you would want to consider from a flex perspective, but he's obviously not auto start uh, like people were treating him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the, the last situation I really want to look at here was Darius Slayton and Richie James for the Giants, who both of which I think could be viable um, you know, we talked about Daniel Jones being stream worthy in the quarterback segment uh, to open the episode. And, you know, while James had a little bit more usage uh, this past week, you know, if I zoom out more to the last four or five weeks, I think Slayton's been a little bit more proje uh, projectable week to week. And I like uh, his, I like him to figure in as more of the downfield passing threat, big play. Uh, threat versus James in the event that uh, this game gets a little crazy, which I definitely think the Giants Vikings game could get crazy when you're talking about uh, having game breakers like Saquon and Dalvin at the running back position. And then all of those uh, uh, dangerous pass catchers for the Vikings, the Giants could be forced 
uh, to, to let Danny Dimes be Danny Dimes, which they haven't really had to do much this year. Uh, they've been able to impact the game, you know, uh, I guess impose their uh, strategic plan on the game more often than not, but I'm not sure that that will be the case against the Vikings. So uh, I doubt many rosters have both Slayton and James. Either one of them would be, I think, flex uh, streamer worthy for me, but I would feel especially good about having to plug Slayton in uh, if I was forced to. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, we got to the bottom of the power situation. My wife had used the laptop. There are two cords <sighs> that on. you could use to plug into this laptop yep. uh, that look very similar, but only mm-hmm. one of them is going to charge it. The other one had been plugged back in. With that behind us, Curtis, the final name I want to mention, Nico Collins against Tennessee. Uh, Collins is averaging around 12.2 points since week 10. Had a decent game over the weekend. The tool expects him to have a similar performance against the Titans, putting up around 12.4 PPR. Lower floor, 20, uh, 25th percentile at 6.6, but could put up 17.3 in a great performance. Yeah, I'd rather start Tyreek Hill um than nico <laughs> collins but you know hey maybe yeah i mean yeah there's some situation i think you know hey nico i think you could throw him in there with either one of those giants receivers but again if possible you know i'm and, and you, you don't have to chime in i am curious of your thoughts on this but you know I, like like i was saying with the running backs if i can break a tie by playing a player from you know a team that that's good uh, that's going to break, you know, that's going to break the tie for me. Like I'd, I'd rather, even though they're not like super great players, I'd rather start a Giants wide receiver in this spot uh, than a Texans wide receiver. I think that I can kind of explain some of my thoughts on this, on this year pretty succinctly. And I would probably have to go down a little bit deeper here, but at a very high level, Um, the player on the better team, you can assume in that particular game, there might be more opportunity for him to get in the end zone, uh, or there's less of a likelihood that the team completely comes out, poops the bed. And as a result of that, you know, their offense isn't able to do anything and give that player any opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well done, man. You kept that under 15 seconds. Thank Uh, you. I'm not usually able to do that. Okay. Uh, Tight. Yeah. Tight ends, man. Yeah, I think what it comes down to elite Evan Ingram at the end of the season. I mean, I'm like, I think a month ago I was saying, Hey, if he can really keep this up over the past uh, or over the final month of the season, it's going to really force me to uh, put him back into that range. He was in dynasty like two years ago. Um, he's, he's kind of doing all of it, man. Um, we've got Chiggy in, in Tennessee kind of breaking out over the past month. We've got bad Baltimore tight ends with with no Lamar Jackson and, and Mark Andrews has come crashing back down to earth and Isaiah Likely has you know kind of cut in half what still exists there. I mean it's it's nuts, man. It's it's bad streets out there at tight end. Give us like two or three names that that are streamable for people that manage to get to their semifinals without Travis Kelsey. Uh, yep. Where can they look? So the. F- <laughs> You know I'm going to mention Dawson Knox, right? <laughs> okay, so now okay, so we've mentioned Dawson Knox. So now we'll go to the next players. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, this week it's a lot of the na- like a lot of the guys that uh, you would be thinking about playing. You're going to play because they have good projections this week. Um, Jordan Akins 
does get into the mix as what would look like a streaming option with around 8.8 points in an average performance. Expect him to see maybe three receptions, 36 yards, 30% of his matches found the end zone. That is good enough to get a player with a uh, like high-end tight end two performance. Okay, let's get another name. I, personally, every time I've tried to stream Jordan Akins, which has happened, I would say, maybe a half dozen times over the past couple of years. Yep. It is, I, I've never, like, I just don't know that he's ever put it together back to back. This app would certainly have a better chance of knowing when to stream him than, than I would. Um, I think there's some names that at least have, like, some level of exciting athletic ability uh, or even kind of meet that good team criteria. Um, that I seem to be just slathering all over this episode. So there's some other names even there within that top 12, Dave, that uh, that, that I find interesting that haven't been available to us maybe uh, okay. until recently. I, and you're highlighting one of them. Yes. Well, so you almost kind of forget, just given that it's Darren Waller, um, that had a slow start, has been injured, uh, did find the end zone last week. As a result of that, he's back into the higher levels of the tool here Waller against Pittsburgh expected to put up four receptions, 38 yards, 30% of his matches found the end zone, a 75th percentile performance would only put him around 13, but believe it or not, that is one of the higher high end outcomes this week. Cole Komet also uh, lands in similar territory in Chicago's game against Buffalo. Uh, you see him with an average of 9.2 points, 75th percentile of 13.3. In comparison to Waller, though, he does do just a little bit better with 17% of his matches going over 15 points, whereas you see Waller at 13. Uh, was there another player in here that you wanted to call out? Yeah, I think um, in the context of Tyler Lockett not being available, and and Seattle having something to play for against the Chiefs here. Yeah. No fans yeah. a little bit more interest. Like, you know, no fan has been stuck in true streaming, you know, territory, you know, for uh, this year. But, you know, the Seahawks offense could be a little bit more concentrated. Uh, he has scored a touchdown in two of the past three weeks. Not a lot of t- tight ends have managed that. Uh, has, you know, four receptions in two of the last uh, three weeks as well. Um, and so, you know, the Chiefs have been a pretty tough um, draw for tight ends, but, you know, again, um, you know, there's not like a lot of great situations where you're feeling good about, you know, trotting anyone out that's not named, you know, Kittle or Kelsey really at this point in the season, or I guess Ingram. Um, so, you know, if, if those players aren't available to you and, you know, you're like many, many managers where, you know, you had like Fant and Fryermuth and Gesicki, it's some combination of like those types of players, uh, or maybe even you had Mark Andrews and you're like, he just totally evaporated. What am I yeah. going to do here? Um, you know, I think Noah Fant has uh, some appeal for me this week in, in those types of situations. Yeah, I think that's a good note. And that makes sense also because some of the players that you might have been using, um, like Gerald Everett in the Chargers matchup against the Colts, don't project nearly as strongly yeah. this week as you would like. He's down with just an average of around 6.2. 
um, you know, other players that you might have on your roster that you're considering maybe Tyler Higby. He does not project very well this week. Uh, Bobby don't Tunyon. chase it, man. Yeah. Don't he, I, he had a good Delsich game last is week, down. Yeah. So we're not, we're not chasing Higby back to back weeks in, in, in the Mayfield era. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I mean, I don't really have many more notes on tight end. I, I think other than what we've already covered there, uh, yeah. you know, just continues to be this nebulous pool of options. Yeah, no, I think I think we highlighted enough good names. I mean, you know, hey, if you made it to your semifinal, uh, you know, you've had to make some tough decisions along the way, and you, you know, maybe maybe you took our advice to get there, maybe you used the road of his tools to get there, uh, or maybe maybe it was your own uh, conviction or or your own research. But uh, you're, you're totally capable of getting into the tool, doing a little bit more exploring, reading some of the articles on the on the site this week. Maybe you want different information you want the matchup information dave and i'll be back later this week with the passing game matchup reader episode as always we will be able to hit this position a little bit more uh in that episode but man uh hey we're pulling for you guys and we're pulling for all of the rotaviz listeners and subscribers in whatever contest however big or small we want to hear your success stories and maybe even some of those heartbreak stories so feel free to drop a dm or shoot an email uh, yeah, our way. And, uh, well, you know, Hey, good, good stories uh, may make their way on, on that show. note. On that note, I do have to share this. Uh, we did get a question sent our way. Now this is from Jeff Hendricks, who I believe is one of the longest subscribers for the site. Who's been with yeah. it since the very beginning. I uh, he said he's wallowing in the pain of the Hertz injury. Uh, mm. so he wanted us to break down cousins versus golf versus car. Uh, well, he sobs uncontrollably. I don't think we really have to break it down that much because to me it's Kirk Cousins by a pretty large margin. Um, I I think that's where yeah I think that's where my gut goes. Um, let's let's feature this question on on Thursday's episode, right? Okay. Uh, we do not have to answer that before Thursday night. None of those teams are playing Thursday night, right? Right. Right. Um, so, so let's do that. Uh, I think it's a great question naturally kind of go to Kirk cousins, but, um, I think that question has some other appeal. Maybe only, maybe you own the other two on your roster, or maybe you have those other quarterbacks with a player on their team, uh, that you could stack them with, you know, if you, if you have Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, w- would you prioritize golf? Like we're yes. looking for okay, the variance yeah. in the championship. Right. Yep. So I think there's other especially if you're losing a guy like Hurts and you were depending on those really big time 30 plus point games. Yes. I think there's ways that we can get into this. And so Jeff, that's a great question. Uh, if, if you want us to get into your uh, semifinal week dilemma, feel free to, to drop a line uh, on that topic as well. And we will be back. Uh, episode will drop Friday morning on the passing games. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. 
And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.